0: Tonight on Huckabee, a salute to our heroes with Colonel Oliver
1: North, Woody Williams, and Burt Mulligan, and rock and roll legend Mark Farner.
2: That's Ray Corley in the Music City Connection.
1: And I
3: And thank you so very much. Before I begin the show tonight, I want to call your attention to something that is just magnificent. Juanette Turner on our staff, who's our incredible audience experience coordinator, came up with a wonderful idea to honor the veterans that we have on our show, the ones who come as our guests, and then the ones that our various family members from around the country just want to pay tribute to. And so behind me on this wall, There is a magnificent flag with dog tags of over 2,500 servicemen and women whose family has honored them by putting their names and their times of service on this flag that represents their service to this country. And I think it's just a wonderful reminder (laughs) of the great sacrifices so many of our fellow Americans have made. Memorial Day weekend marks the beginning of the summer tourist season for most Americans. And because it creates a long holiday weekend, many Americans are gonna be taking to the roads and runways to travel, while millions more are gonna enjoy time with family at home and maybe the yard or the park or the beach. Uh, They'll experience it with burgers, barbecue or baseball. Now, Of course, Be sure to get permission from Dr. Fauci and President Biden if you want to be in your own backyard with more than a few immediate family members. Actually, forget Joe and Fauci. It's still America, and you don't need permission from a politician or a bureaucrat to be in your own yard with your family. But what you do need is to not forget why there's a Memorial Day because it's to honor those men and women of our military who will not be spending the weekend with their families because they gave their lives so the rest of us could be with our families. When my 8 year old grandson, Huck, was almost four, my wife took him to a Memorial Day service at the local Veterans Cemetery. On that particular day, I was traveling back home and I couldn't make it. But when they arrived, just my wife and little Huck, He was full of questions about all the flags and the people in uniform. And at the age of four, Huck was all into superheroes like Superman, Batman, and Spider-Man. And so when he asked about all those people wearing uniforms, his grandmother told him that they were the real superheroes and that he ought to always be grateful and respectful of them because the ones on TV, they weren't real but the superheroes that he was meeting that day, they were real. You know, it made a big impression on that kid. And to this day, when Huck sees one of our men or women in uniform, he tells them, thank you. And he tells his mother and dad, hey, there's a superhero. Well, a couple of years later, my daughter Sarah took Huck with her to Arlington National Cemetery for the Memorial Day service conducted each year. She accompanied the president that day and he gave her permission to bring Huck. Harry he was all dressed up with a coat and tie. He had a front row seat with a firsthand view of the president of the United States paying tribute to those who gave their lives for our freedom. And although he was doing something that few six-year-olds will ever get to do, which is to hang out with the president of the United States and the top government officials for this special ceremony, Huck was most impressed that he was able to meet the superheroes that he learned were the real deal. I wish every four-year-old was taught who the real superheroes are. I'd add those of our police force as well, without whom we'd have a nation of anarchy. And so whether you're four or 40 or 40 years past retirement, don't forget who the memorial is for on Memorial Day weekend. And if you see one of the real superheroes, don't forget to say thank you. President Ronald Reagan described my first guest as an American hero. A retired Lieutenant Colonel in the US Marine Corps and a platoon leader in Vietnam, he knows a thing or two about sacrifice. And he says, real heroes don't wear capes. They wear combat boots, flak jackets, and flight suits to work. And they put themselves at risk to keep us free and to keep us safe. Here with us tonight, Lieutenant Colonel Oliver North. Colonel, thanks for joining us. And uh, you know I'm so grateful to have you here on this Memorial Day weekend as we honor those who gave all for the freedom of our country? You
2: know, it's a very powerful weekend. Uh, it's it's a lot more than just mattress sales and the kinds of things, you know, new car sales. What it really is, is honoring those who have sacrificed so much, lost their lives in, in combat or in the line of duty, at least. The veteran cemeteries, 141 of them are gonna be packed this weekend. Thankfully, we won't have to wear masks in most states. And I look at those and remember back to when I was a kid, My brothers and I would pile into the pickup trucks with all the Boy Scouts in town. Everybody would get a handful of flags, and we'd put a flag on every single veteran's grave in the cemeteries in this little upstate New York town. Then we'd parade down Main Street. The high school band would play, and we'd go to the baseball field, and the politicians would give mercifully brief speeches. (laughs) And then, then, then there'd be a baseball game and a cookout. I mean, it's that kind of memory that uh, I have, my brothers and I all have, and I hope that there's Americans elsewhere around the country celebrating this weekend just like that.
3: When you were that Boy Scout in upstate New York doing that, I I doubt you looked forward and had any idea that one day you would be in combat in Vietnam, uh, the jungles of Southeast Asia, uh, fighting not only for our country, but literally fighting for your life. there, there must be times looking back, and especially when you go to the wall and see the names of those you served with. The Memorial Day is a very painful day as well, a day to remember those that you were oh, shoulder yeah. to shoulder with and they didn't come home.
2: You know, I just uh, a few weeks ago got to send the wall, the mobile wall, the, the wall that heals, uh, on its way around to 20 states, 26 cities, none of the major metropolitan areas. And on that wall are some very, very dear friends that lost their lives, guys who graduated just before me at the Academy and some just afterwards. I look at that, and I remember those guys, particularly the night of the 28th of July, 1969, worst night of my life. Uh, It took me years before I could go visit the wall in D.C., and I do that every year. I try to make sure that it gets over this Memorial Day weekend. But the bottom line of it is, the recognition that this country does for those who perished in, in service to our country is a very, very special moment for Americans. And, and you know, we're still the only country on earth that will send its sons and daughters as volunteers mm. around the globe to protect our country and offer others the hope of freedom.
3: Uh, you've written over 18 best-selling books. Uh, the latest one is called "Veterans' Lament." what is that book going to tell the reader because uh, obviously when you write that many best selling books this is one people are going to want to get from colonel north what will they learn
2: well they'll learn that we interviewed 500 people now it was two marines who wrote the book so and it's not picking on any particular service 500 veterans of our of service to our country going all the way back in some cases to the vietnam war and coming right up to the current conflict that is finally ending when we we've interviewed these people, it was before the election and yet many of the issues that we now see happening to, the, to this country, turning the military, for example, into a, I guess a social justice warriors, uh, that kind of thing was on the minds of those who we interviewed. And these veterans looked at what's happening in our, in our country, spiritually, politically, economically, militarily. And they voiced their concerns, is this the country that I fought for? And many of them are now saying, as we're going back and re-interviewing some and interviewing some other new ones, this is something really different today than it was when we signed up to fight. And I'm not entirely sure that many of them would still send or encourage their sons daughters to go off and serve in this, quote, new era of political correctness. Colonel, is
3: it possible to get the military back on track and and to stop this trend of politicizing and weaponizing our great military institutions and and having them, once again, a meritocracy where the the cream truly
2: rises to the top? It is possible. And and what's going to have to happen is that, God willing, in 2022, the American people will say, it's enough is enough. Hmm. And they're going to appoint and elect, rather, Republicans to public office.
3: Colonel, I want to say thank you. It's always yeah. a pleasure to visit with you. And to our audience, the book uh, that we've been talking about is called Veteran's Lament. It is available right now everywhere books are sold. And you can also find the Colonel online at olivernorth.com as well as social media at Oliver L North. Well, Keith Bilbrey is standing patiently by. He's gonna be telling us about the other great things we have coming up on this very special weekend show. Keith. What's ahead? Well, up next, World War II heroes Burt Mulligan and Woody Williams.
4: I keep asking that question, finally, yeah. when others right beside me couldn't get to come home. So I asked that question.
1: Stay with Huckabee.
3: Our friends at Samaritan's Purse invite us all to demonstrate the love of Jesus Christ through their outreach. When you call and lend your support, you help reach those who feel unwanted, unloved, and abandoned. Your gift through Samaritan's Purse brings medicine, food, shelter, and God's grace to those who live in poverty, as well as those who've survived disasters. I hope you'll call or maybe visit the Samaritan's Purse website today. And when you do, you'll help heal, Restore and bring hope to those who need it most in the name of Jesus Christ. Two and a half years ago, we honored Herschel, Woody Williams, and Burke Mulligan for their service to our country. They both served on the island of Iwo Jima, and they perfectly embody the American spirit and the immense courage of the soldiers who have fought and died for our country. For Memorial Day, I'd like for us to reflect on their stories and their actions as we honor our countrymen whose shoulders we stand on.
5: I can tell you from uh, the day I went in there I was gonna die. That was on my mind the very first day that I went in the Marine Corps. The black sands, I'll never forget it and the boys had died, I'll never forget them. We finally worked our way up to the north end of the island. Somebody said something about a, a Japanese saber down on the beach. And one of the boys said, I'm gonna go down and get that saber. The rest of us said no. He climbed down that north end of the beach and he no sooner picked it up and he got shot. There was 6,000 Marines killed on that island. Captain asked me
4: if I thought I could do something about some of the pillboxes that we'd been trying to break through. So he gave me four Marines. I strapped on a flamethrower floor and began going to work. Uh, in the course of four hours, So I used up six flamethrowers, knocked out seven of those pillboxes or eliminated the enemy within them, which gave us a hole that we could get through. And for that, my Marine buddies in my outfit uh, felt me worthy of receiving the Medal of Honor. I was told by the Commandant of the Marine Corps the day after I got it That medal does not belong to you.
5: It belongs to all those Marines who never got to come home. All the heroes were dead. I'm not a hero. I don't want to be a hero. I want to be a Marine.
3: We want to thank Bert Mulligan and his family for allowing our crew to film part of his story. Thank you for your service, Bert. You indeed are a hero and we salute you. We also say thank you to Woody Williams, a Medal of Honor recipient who just happens to be my next guest. Give a warm welcome to Herschel Woody Williams. Thank you for Thank you, Woody. Thank you, Governor. It's an incredible honor to have you with us. In a split second, you made a decision that saved other lives, but risked your own in a way that is so extraordinary that our country only has one signal way to honor, and that's the Congressional Medal of Honor, which is around your neck tonight as a reminder of what real heroes have done for all of us. And thank you, sir. Your service in World War II... You know, when I stop and think, you're 95 years old. Good to be alive at 95. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not just alive, you're vibrantly alive. That's what's impressive. Uh, You may outlive the rest of us around here. (laughs) When I think about the fact that you have survived, but the amazing thing is you survived Iwo Jima. 6,000 Marines did not. Do you ever stop and just say, God, why me? I keep asking that question. me when others
4: right beside me didn't get to come home. So I asked that question.
3: At the time, did you even think about what you were risking? Did it occur to you, I could get killed doing this?
4: No, you really can't stop and evaluate because if you do, you're losing not only precious minutes, but you could lose the opportunity of doing something beyond what you thought you could do.
3: Later in 1945, President Harry Truman put that medal around your neck in a ceremony at the White House. That must have been a pretty extraordinary moment for...
4: Well, for a country boy from West Virginia to be able to stand nose-to-nose with the President of the United States, there is not more of of a scary moment that you can think of.
3: You know, Woody, I was thinking that it is really something That is a great honor for the President of the United States to be able to stand next to a Marine like you who did what you did. (laughs) You, You have spent a lot of your life trying to make sure that we didn't forget these Gold Star families, the ones who lost a loved one, whose son, whose husband, whose brother did not get to come home. That is true. What was the motivating force to start the Woody Williams Medal of Honor Foundation that would honor these Gold Star families?
4: I guess there were two things that impacted my my mind, my memory. Just before I went into the Marine Corps, as a 19-year-old youth, I was delivering telegrams to the families who received that telegram from the War Department to tell them that their loved one was not coming home. Mm. It was a traumatic experience for a 19-year-old boy that knew nothing about war, and couldn't appreciate really what sacrifice really meant. And in West Virginia, during the Vietnam War, the legislature decided to erect a, goal, a, a memorial honoring 11,000 of we West Virginians who had uh, sacrificed her life in war. And, That, of course, had an impact also, because their families had never been recognized or honored or paid tribute or anything for their sacrifice. And they gave more than I did. Hmm. So we decided that we ought to have something. And we did the very first Gold Star Families Memorial to honor anyone related to that individual naturally grieves and to honor the families of that individual who sacrificed his life in the armed forces.
3: Well, I'm so grateful that we were able to hear Bert and Woody's stories and have Woody with us right here in studio. Be sure to check out the Herschel Woody Williams Medal of Honor Foundation, which does some incredible work for the Gold Star families to whom we owe so much. Keith, It's up to you to tell us what else we have coming up tonight. Well, I
2: would be glad to. Next, Mike and Forever Young Vets, Diane Hype, book for our veterans. Don't go away.
3: Outside the theater here in Hendersonville, we've got a great, great segment coming up. This is Diane Height, and she has this terrific organization. You may remember, she was with us a few months ago when we had snowmageddon all over the country. Uh, her organization, for Forever Young Vets, is just exceptional. And Diane, I said then, because we were remote, that I was so impressed with what you did, I would give you a hug, so I owe you no. one.
6: There you go. Thank you. Thank you for being
3: with us. (laughs) Thanks for what you do for our veterans. Thank you. Just reminding all of us that we owe them everything for our freedom. And is that what kind of motivated you to get into it?
6: Well, my father came back from the war an alcoholic. Mm. And I kind of go by that quote, take your mess and make it your message. Yeah. And so I took my mess of living with an alcoholic who really suffered from PTSD, mm-hmm. but we did not know that.
3: No one talked about that
6: No, day. not then. And so I just wanted to bring some joy uh, to his comrades. That's why I started it. I just thought, I just wanted to give back to them because, and I wanted to do it in, in his memory.
3: My wife and I, every year, while we were in the governor's mansion, we would do a big event on Memorial Day. Uh, After the service at the cemetery, we would invite all the veterans to the governor's mansion and we'd have a big hot dog day. Mm -hmm. Very special, great memories from that. I was in Normandy and I'll never forget because this beautiful beach that is there now. And I'm wondering, do the people who fought there, do they feel that somehow it's sacrilege that people would go and enjoy it like a beach? And I asked one of the old veterans who was there, a Frenchman, and he said, oh no, because we gave all that we gave on this beach so one day people could live it in freedom. And it was the most powerful thing I think I ever heard from someone who had seen that uh, beach splattered with the blood of young men who recognized that it wasn't supposed to be kept uh, like that. So it's okay to have picnics and be with families as long as we don't forget what our veterans did for us.
6: Exactly, I had the same experience. Yeah. And one of the vets told me the same thing. He goes, you know, when I'm walking around and I see children laughing and playing or families walking down the street or a baseball game, he said, I feel so much joy in my heart because I had a part of that freedom. Mm. What and so it, it gives me chills even talking about it because he said, you know, freedom is life and joy. yeah And they were able to give that to us and, and they're proud of it.
3: So, Donna, I think we ought to go feed some veterans. Hey. And, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we had a wonderful, I'm going to call him a chef because when you cook meat like he does, he's a chef. <laughs> Robbie Schultz from down in East okay. Texas, he's going to come over and man the grill. Robbie? I got this. Come on in here, man. (laughs) I got this. You know what you're doing here. I do, yes sir. We're going to let you have it. Thanks for having me back. Love to have you. Thank you. you. All right, Diane, let's go feed the veterans. Well, I wanna thank you guys for being here and uh, very excited to be able to chat with you about some pretty remarkable stories. Jim Brown, you served in Korea. Um, I don't think most people know how cold it was in Korea. You guys nearly froze to death, didn't you?
7: The temperature ranged from about 30 degrees below zero. Below zero. To 45, 50 below zero.
3: There was supposed to be food dropped you guys are bombs actually munitions uh, ammunition, and ammunition drop ammunition supply and so what happened and it wasn't ammunition that ended up getting dropped well diane's
7: husband's in the air force so I, uh-huh
3: I, you got to be careful, be careful <laughs> right. right
7: you know that the air force never makes a mistake and I'm, <laughs> we are so proud of that
3: you marines though by gosh you don't make one do you oh, no,
7: not at all <laughs> but I think it was the second, 7th of, the day of December, just north of Coterie. We were waiting It's sun sunny morning, and only about 30 degrees below zero, and we were waiting for our airdrops. On this particular day when we opened the
3: nets, all we had in them was Tootsie Rolls. Tootsie Rolls? You were expecting bullets, you get Tootsie Rolls. Why Tootsie Rolls?
7: Because the code name for 60-millimeter mortars was roll.
3: <laughs>
7: <laughs> in, a, in just a few minutes, you know we were hungry, hadn't had a meal in two days. Then we found out that we could eat them, and we keep them in our in our uniform or next to our body, and
3: that was all we had to eat. Because they got warm enough next to your body, soft enough you could actually eat them.
7: And I would like to give you from Jim. Thank
3: field, you. <laughs> When somebody tells me to eat a bullet, I'm going to say I'm going to do it. I eat a old bag of bullets. (laughs) Tootsie Rolls. You know, the great thing is what was intended to be, uh, I mean, what was a big mistake turned out to save the lives of you and your fellow Marines. True. Luke McLaren, you were in uh, World War II and flew over 20 combat missions. You didn't
5: get credit for all of them, though. How come? I did not. Well, we had... Engine problems on three times that we were going up and never got to the target. And then the last time, we just never got to the target.
3: Were you scared to death when you went up in those? Yes, sir. When I think about the people that did what you did, I'm reminded you guys saved the world. You honestly saved
5: the world. I understand that I'm history. <laughs> that, that I understand. The rest of it, if the United States hadn't done what it did, if the 18 million of us didn't do what we did with the entire nation behind us, it would not have worked.
3: Well, I'm glad it did for all of our sakes. K.T. Robbins, also in World War II, went in with the Normandy invasion, and you ended up in a French village for an extended period of time. About three months, I think. You met a young lady there. I did. You. Got a little sweet on her, and she got a little sweet on you. Yeah, and then you got shipped home. I guess you're gone. KT, she waited five years for you to come back and She did her. five years, but you did go
4: back. Forever Young is a great organization. She took us back over there, took us back to where we went, wow. and did a great job. When well, we got back over there, of course, all the all the people were there, and they had to the do mm-hmm. people there. And, man, eight million people seen her that night. And they seen the love story that night. (laughs) And and all over the United States
5: everywhere. It's a great love story.
3: It's a great reminder that love in any language. You didn't speak French. No. So how did you communicate? (laughs) I'm putting you on the spot, KT. We're just made out. (laughs) That translates in every language, doesn't it? (laughs) I think you're kind of a scoundrel, I really do. (laughs) Well, I want to say thanks to Diane Height for this wonderful organization, Forever Young Vets. And I hope I can say this on behalf of every other American who values our great country. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank you. Memorial Day weekend is the unofficial kickoff of summer. So from monkeying around at picnics to going hog wild at barbecues, we've got the stories that were kicked off the Real Newscast in In Case You Missed It. Well, when we don't have a pandemic, there are normally a lot of parades this time of year. For instance... What do you call it when a bunch of men walk a mile wearing women's shoes? No, not a girls' track team under the Biden administration. That's not what it is. (laughs) It's an annual event. It's held nationwide, and it's called Walk a Mile in Her Shoes. It's actually pretty serious. It raises awareness and money to fight sexual violence. And it's also to help men empathize with what women have to endure. Foolhardy men... Uh, put on women's high heels and they walk a mile. Frankly, I'm amazed they'd make it one yard. Now, no stilettos are allowed or else the men might stab themselves to death just to make the pain stop. Pretty sure they would. Women could do this easily, of course. Ginger Rogers could have done it backwards. Oh, yeah. But this whole experience teaches men to respect women and to despise women's shoe designers. That's what they will do. There you go. Now, next time one of these events is in your neighborhood, consider giving your support and your arch support, There too. you
0: go. Hey, um, I'll, I'll chip in $100. You chip in $100. If and Trey, Trey will do
3: it. Trey will have to do it because neither you nor I would ever be able to wear <laughs> no. those women's shoes, I don't think. That's hot. They don't make them in size 13. That's right. Have you ever seen a woman with a size 13 foot? Nope. Don't that's the deal. So. Okay, there you go. So that's why I can't do it. Trey, you Ready?
7: Do I have to tell about the time I wore high heels?
3: I'd rather you not. Let's just leave that alone (laughs) for another day. Well, Club Getaway, a resort in Kent, Connecticut, used Memorial Day weekend to make up for 10, got that 10 holiday celebrations that got canceled back in 2020. All in one weekend, they are hosting a New Year's Eve countdown, a Valentine party, a Mardi Gras bash, a St. Patrick's Day pub hike, an Easter egg hunt, a 4th of July barbecue, a frightfully fast Halloween dance, and a Thanksgiving dinner, and an ugly sweater party for Chrismaka, which is Christmas and Hanukkah all jammed together. And a partridge and a partridge. (laughs) Well, they didn't have eight days for Hanukkah, so they just got eight minutes. Now, it is a whole year's worth of overeating and hangovers in one weekend, which is kind of like regular Mardi Gras. Uh, (laughs) So here is a tip. Don't go to the Thanksgiving dinner first, because then you'll sleep through the other nine holidays. That's it. You know, thinking back on all the holidays that we did miss in 2020, I kind of wish we'd have skipped election day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There you go.
3: Memorial Day weekend is the start of barbecue season, so a husky North Carolina is hosting its traditional whole hog barbecue competition. Now they mean that literally. They dig a big old pit, then they bury and smoke a whole hog in it. Now if you can polish that off, you are a whole hog. don't get uh, good. Think of the size of the bun that that must come on. Yeah. Huh? Anyway, this will never catch on in Texas. I mean, imagine digging a hole big enough to smoke an entire steer. (laughs) By the way, I once attended a vegan Thanksgiving where they buried a (coughs) tofurkey in a hole. No, that's not... But you know what? Nobody wanted to dig it back up. That's the difference. (laughs)
1: That's the problem.
3: Locals brag that this part of North Carolina is where American barbecue had its start and where hogs came to have their end. That's what happened there. Well, you might think that to have a picnic, you just pack a blanket and some sandwiches. Hmm. These days, even picnics are delivered. You can hire a new luxury picnic service in Bryant College Station, Texas called Ready Set Picnic. And then you just show up in the park or wherever, and a fancy picnic is waiting for you. Wow. Get this, depending on how much you pay, your picnic can include. Seating pads, silverware, tablecloths, candles, placemats, floral arrangements, and more. Ants? Well, you can get that. You can also actually get your choice of ants. You can get black, (laughs) red, or fire ants, actually. Such a thing. But but you can really call it a picnic if it's fancier than your wedding reception? Not sure. Anyway, to me, at a picnic, fancy eating utensils means I wipe my hands on my jeans first, right? Absolutely. And a floral arrangement, it's poison ivy.
0: That's it.
3: Yeah. Nice. Anyway, here in America, <laughs> the only unwelcome visitors that show up and ruin our picnics are ants. Well, ants and Antifa, right? Oh, yeah. Got that? Antifa, yeah. 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 But in Singapore, picnics can be a little hairier. This family was having a picnic in the park. Their young children ran screaming when a monkey suddenly ran up, stole a Tupperware container full of grapes and carried it up in a tree. Whoa! But then the monkey had trouble figuring out how to open the Tupperware. You see, Tupperware really does protect your leftovers. There you got it. (laughs) We discovered that in some places, monkeys are a fairly common problem at picnics. We found reports of monkeys stealing a cup of noodles, a glass of iced tea, and a can of Red Bull. (laughs) That's bad. Yeah, I'm telling you that's bad because Red Bull gives you wings. Uh And we... Yeah, we've all seen The Wizard of Oz. Folks, we don't want monkeys with wings, right? That's, what, yeah, That's Remember that? Yeah, I do. Okay. death as a kid. But there are some party animals even ruder than monkeys. This man was out on his boat, as many of us will be this weekend. He was feeding fish to some seabirds when a sea lion smelled free food and decided to crash the party. Yeah. Then it dived face first into the buffet and did not leave a scrap for anyone else. Oh, no. Just like some party guests that I have known, uh, Keith. Yeah. And this is why you don't want to order that fancy sushi picnic. No. Well, boys and gulls, catch that one? I caught okay, it. all right. I didn't write this particular line here. Well, boys and gulls, I hope those fish stories made your long holiday weekend seem just a little longer. But until next time, always remember, we read the news.
0: So So you don't
1: have have to.
0: Well, boys and girls, coming up, we honor the late, great Charlie Daniels and his service to our veterans. And we can never, ever do enough for our veterans.
3: And welcome back. Now, anyone who knew Charlie Daniels knew three things about him. He played a fiddle, not a violin. He wasn't afraid to speak his mind, and he loved our troops. I don't know that I've ever met someone more passionate about our veterans than Charlie was. He spent every moment up until his last serving the men and women who were willing to give their lives for him. On this Memorial weekend, we wanna honor Charlie by revisiting when we were lucky enough to have him right here with us in our studio. I'm amazed. 60 years in the business, and you're still out there performing over 150 dates a year. Absolutely unbelievable. Nobody's working that hard.
0: Well, we do about 110. We've cut back a little bit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, you're a real slacker, Charlie. Yeah. Only doing 110 <laughs> dates a year. But you know, you've maintained such a fan base. Uh, you could retire if you wanted to, but you don't want to. I have no desire to retire. I just, you know, I think. Uh,
0: the people that I, I admire a lot, like little Jimmy Dickens, who entertained into his late 90s. Mm. I think I think you need something to get you out of bed in the morning. Something to put your, your heart and soul into and something to keep your interest up. With me, that's music. It's entertaining people. And as long as the good Lord's willing, I am.
3: One of the things you have given so much of your time and personal investment in has been the Journey Home Project. It's not just a some charity you throw your name at. You are really... Sleeves up in this, how come?
0: Well, I'm a child of the Second World War. I'm from Wilmington, North Carolina, it's a a seaport town. We had a shipyard there that built Liberty ships and it was a, a place where boats picked up cargo, war cargo, and took it across the Atlantic Ocean to our troops over there. Only two things protect America. is the grace of God and the United States military. And I grew up knowing that there was somebody, no matter how dark the days got in the Second World War when the battles were going bad and then the casualties were high, we knew there was somebody out there who was saying, to get to them, you gotta come through me and that ain't gonna happen. And that's, <laughs> that's the people who stand between us and our enemies, and we can never, ever do enough
3: for our veterans. You know, it just occurred to me, um, President Trump will finish his next term, and uh, maybe we ought to draft Charlie Daniels to run for president. And I think that's a great idea. I'll leave the politics to you. <laughs> yeah, you see what he did for me. But I want to talk about uh, the two different books you've done. One is called Let's All Make the Day Count. It's kind of a day by day, almost just thought for the day.
0: Yes, it is. It's a feature I started on my. Twitter account a long time ago. I always do a little thing, do little sayings and do little things, let's all make the day count. That's what we do, we have to take it a day at a time, make that day count, and then when tomorrow comes, when the day becomes tomorrow, make that day count.
3: Now the other book I wanna mention, because I think the title says it all, and it's really, I, I think a testimony of how you entertain people. It says, never look at the empty seats. It's a memoir of Charlie Daniels, a great reminder that when you go out to perform, you don't care whether there's 15 people or 15,000, yeah. you're gonna give it
0: your all. Well, I learned that early in my career because when you're a young musician, you're gonna have some empty seats. You play anywhere you can for anybody that will come and listen to you. And if you walk on stage and say, well, I don't feel good. I'm just gonna slough through this, you know, and mess around, bad idea because you impress the people that are out there. The next time you come back to town, they'll bring somebody with them and that's how
3: you build up a following. That's how you have a career. Your voice is a voice of affirmation to the greatness of this country and we just need more people celebrating America. We need more celebrities who celebrate America. Well, thank you. You know, the funny thing about it, Governor, is there are a lot of people that are like-minded. They're
0: out around this country. I, I travel this country coast to coast and border to border every year. And the support for our military, patriotism in America, and appreciation for America amongst people around this country, the working class of people, the older people is there. We've got to pass this on to our children. That's the main thing we got to do.
3: What an incredible man, Charlie Daniels was. We were so honored to have him with us here in person. I hope you'll check out the Journey Home Project, which continues to do the incredible work for our veterans. From all of us here at the Huckabee Show, we want to say thanks for joining us on this Memorial Day weekend. I hope that, Like all of us, you will not forget why we have this weekend. Oh sure, it's about baseball games and picnics and all sorts of family get-togethers, but it had better include some reminder that this holiday, like all of our Days of Freedom, happened because some people put on a uniform, often went halfway around the world to places whose names they couldn't even pronounce. And many of them never got to come back home because they gave their lives so that we could have our freedom. If we don't remember them, how could we ask God to remember us? And that's why on this Memorial Day holiday, I hope that you and your family in the midst of whatever way you celebrate, will also take a few moments and thank God you live in the United States of America because of veterans. Now stick around because after the break, I get to play with rock and roll legend Mark Farner, one of the founding members of Grand Funk Railroad. So do not go away.
2: Track song for many Vietnam veterans is Grand Front Railroad's I'm Your Captain, closer to home. Now, here to perform is founding member Mark
0: Farner, backed by Trey Corley of the Music City Connection with Mike on bass. Give it up for Mark Farner! We're sending this out to all our troops
2: and all our veterans who risk their safety to defend ours. <laughs>